three months ago or so that I got together with our staff and said, what would it look like if we could have people within our church share ideas that uh, how they live their faith out in their lives, in their families, in their homes, their workplaces, their communities? Like, what would it look like if people that you are sitting next to on your row could really share with the church how they live this out? And so kind of out of that was born the idea of doing Ignite which is just a two-week series where you're going to hear from six different people over these next two weeks on how they live it out. Moms, dads, husbands, daughters, a, a variety of different kind of people with the hopes that something inside of you will be ignited. Something will say, man, I can do that, or I can, I can live my life at a, at a higher level, that it would spark something inside of you. So that's kind of been born, uh, this idea. And so kicking us off today, I'm super excited about our lineup. The first person is Chicago Bauer. Let me introduce you to her real quick. Chicago is a wife, a mother. She's a daughter. She's a friend. She's an author and public speaker, a practical Bible teacher. She's also the president of Raising in Truth, LLC. But most importantly, she would tell you she is a daughter of God. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in sports medicine, wellness, and health promotion, as well as an associate's degree in liberal arts with an emphasis in communication from Mercyhurst University. We got any Lakers in the house? Come on, Lakers, show a little bit of love. All right. Faith has always been a big part of Chicago's journey. She has spent over 20 years in study. She's used her gifts to support her husband's God-given gifts. Uh, for business and has poured the energy of every fiber of her being into her two passions, her two boys. Chicago loves to write. She loves to share her positive inspirational stories and insights and life lessons. She lives in Harbor Creek, so don't hold that against her, and is happily married, just kidding, with two amazing sons who really are the inspiration for her books that she writes. Could you guys do me a favor and help me welcome Chicago Bauer? Let's go. Good morning. Thanks for coming out today. I want to begin by encouraging you with one of my favorite quotes by Pastor Tony Evans. God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. Follow him. And as you see as I talk today that I had to do just that. Because when I was asked to speak today, I wasn't so sure that I wanted to speak today. Not that I didn't love God and try to live my faith, but looking around this church, there are so many people here that are living out their faith. I thought to myself, what could I possibly have to contribute? So I reached out to some people that I love and I trust, and I said, I've been asked to speak at church about igniting other people's faith, to live out their faith. Give me some insight. So they shared with me a couple things, and the consensus was is that I was all in. And I honestly, I didn't really know what that meant. What did it mean to really be all in? Well, I will tell you that the Lord took me on a journey myself in preparation to speak with you today. And so what he showed me is specific times throughout my life that he showed up and that I lived out my faith. And though there were hundreds and hundreds of times that flashed to me, I only want to share a couple with you today because of time. So I grew up learning about Jesus and how much he loved me. So there's really not a time that I don't remember loving Jesus. However, we all have our own journey, and 
this is part of mine. So when we hit early elementary school, uh, my family moved around quite a bit. And the first time we moved, I really don't remember much about the church that we attended. But what I do remember is the time with the Lord that I would have at night. So if you could picture this little girl laying in bed, having these blessed conversations with the Lord. And it was in that season that I truly believed that I had my salvation moment. So the Lord started taking baby steps, and we moved again, okay? And this time, the Lord um, really reached out to me in the form of a scripture because this church that we started attending in this new town was very large and had a very large children's ministry. And every week we would get a scripture that we were supposed to go memorize and come back the following week. And if we memorized it, we'd get a treat and a sticker. And honestly, at that age, that's highly motivational. But what was key was that the Lord took one scripture at that young age, and it made it so easy for me to remember. And that scripture I would stand on and sometimes cling to, and that scripture was John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, at a young age, and especially in the King James Version, it can be kind of tough to really get the meaning of Scripture. All I understood was that I could be with Jesus forever and ever, and I wanted that. So as I got older, that Scripture, it became more significant and more significant. That Scripture, that truth, was what I would come to cling to. So many times I can look back now and see how the Holy Spirit guided me. And he teaches in Galatians 5.16, another scripture that I learned to stand on. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to, controlled, and guided by the Spirit. And you will certainly not carry out the desires of your sinful nature. Sometimes we let ourselves be guided by our senses or our feelings instead of what God is trying to lead us to do. And we've all done it. When I didn't listen, because I can be kind of stubborn, um, or letting my feelings decide, there was a consequence, a lesson to learn. And God knows best, and I want his best. So it seems like I've been all in for quite some time. So that was kind of nice to find out, because I learned something about myself, too. So even as I had children, I prayed over them constantly. And I asked for guidance in all matters. And again, a scripture came to me that I again would stand on. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers and mothers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I'll be honest, being a mom is the hardest job I've ever had. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world but it is the hardest job. Sometimes I've gotten it right, sometimes I haven't, but I always go back to God. The thing, the aim that I want for my children is I've always tried to guide them to their Lord and Savior 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for him to be the compass of their life every day. Being all in as a parent led me to start my LLC, Raising in Truth. It's a children's book series. With the same passion I raised my children, I wrote those books because those books are to encourage and equip kids for their successful life journey in knowing Christ and following him and to live out their purpose as God intended. In business, all the glory goes to God. It's out of gratefulness that my husband and I give back to a charity and a kid's activity every single month. And it's for those people that give suggestions that work with us. And we bring awareness, and we support them, and we try to bless them. And right now, even as I speak to you today, it's following God. Because if I can be completely 100% honest, I was terrified. I'm a public speaker. I do this all the time. But when Will asked me to speak, a fear swept over me like it had never swept over me before. And I know because of God's faithfulness in my life that it was the enemy trying to scare me because he knew I had something to say that somebody in this room would be affected by. So, as I always do, I go to the Lord in prayer. And I'd been reading this devotional, I'm sure you've heard of it, it's called Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. So I open up the devotional, and by no accident, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of that devotional. It blew my mind. Anxiety and fear is a result of visioning the future without me, Jesus. So the best defense against worry is staying in communication with me. When you turn your thoughts toward me, you can think much more positively. Remember to listen as well to speak, making your thoughts a dialogue, a conversation with me. There was God again, so faithful, meeting me exactly where I was. So on one hand, I was wrestling with the enemy, trying to dump all this fear all over me. And on the other hand, I was standing on God's faithfulness that he had demonstrated over and over again in my life. So as I was writing in my journal, preparing for this, I'm literally shaking. I can almost not even write the sentence. And the only way I can describe it is that my spirit knew what I was going to write and knew the answer, and my mind and my body had to catch up with it. So shaking, I wrote on the paper, Lord, if you give me the message, I will give it. And I kind of was like holding my breath, like, don't give it, don't give it, don't give it. Not really. Yes, kind of. But anyway, um, <laughs> so clear as day in my spirit, I heard faith over fear. I was like, well, there it is. So here I am. <laughs> So I continued with that journal or that devotional entry, and Sarah had pulled scripture from Luke and Ephesians, and she came up with two rules when considering upcoming events. Now, again, my mind was blown for the second time. Not only was God addressing my fear, but now he was telling me how to prepare for this upcoming event. This is my upcoming event. So first rule was do not linger in the future because anxieties sprout up like mushrooms when you wander there. 
The second was remember the promise of my continual presence, include me, that's Jesus, in any imagery that comes to mind. The reality of my presence with you now and forevermore outshines any fantasy that we could ever possibly imagine. So we know that we shouldn't worry and we should think about the future. But when we think about the future, if we place God there with us, it can totally change the entire energy of that vision, of that dream, and how you perceive it. So I read the scriptures in Luke and Ephesians, and I was like, okay. Um, but God knows how my mind works, and I was stuck on the whole mushroom thing. So anxiety sprouted up like mushrooms, like I, I didn't get it. So I looked up mushrooms, and yes, they have a website for everything. And so bear with me. I'm going to give you a few mushroom facts, but I promise it makes sense. So mushrooms, a fungus that grows quickly. Don't know if I want that on pizza anymore. Grows from tiny spores that can't be seen in the naked eye. Grows in moist, dark areas. Also grows on moist, decaying logs has roots that can't be seen even if they cover a lot of ground underneath. And the mushroom fruit, the part that we see, can balloon up rapidly and can literally go from the size of a pin to an actual mushroom overnight. So now I was starting to see it. I could see the connection between fear, anxiety, and mushrooms. Like mushrooms, anxiety grows quickly like a fungus, a gross fungus, start like a tiny mushroom spore that can grow so quickly that you don't even know that something is taking root. Grow in the dark. So if you have a fear or an anxiety or concern, bring it to the light. Talk to people that you love. Grow in the decay of disappointments, failures, illnesses, misunderstandings, and hurts. Anxieties can spread into different areas of your life, just like the vast root system of the mushroom. And if we aren't careful, anxiety, like mushrooms, can balloon overnight. So I asked myself, can this, how can this be an example of igniting a passion to, to live out your faith? What was God trying to reveal to me? And again, God will meet you where you are. He knows how I think. So he took me from mushrooms to mustard seeds, and I started to think about the parable of the mustard seed. And the theme of the mustard seed parable is that the kingdom of heaven grows from small beginnings. Because you see, the mustard seed is teeny tiny, but it grows into a large tree. It's the same as our faith. It can start small. You may not even know it's there. But I promise you, it is there. Because God created every single one of us and creation knows its creator. We are not here by accident. We're here on purpose for a purpose. We receive our salvation by his gift of grace on the cross, but we live out our purpose and enjoy our life by following his word. So I want to encourage you today. If you haven't already, make the decision to go all in. Choose Jesus and his word as your life compass. Have faith over fear. Plant mustard seeds over mushrooms. Study his words now. 
Discover who he says you are now. Discover his love for you now. Apply his teachings to your life now. So when tough times come, you will be empowered by God. Faith grows hope. Hope will get you through. You always fall forward because God has a plan for you, and he's already there in your future with you. So just like today, living my faith by speaking to you because he wanted me to share despite my fear to stand up here today. He makes me brave, and he'll make you brave too. I want to end with another quote from one of my favorite Bible teachers, Beth Moore. The more you practice faith, the more faith you have to practice. Thank you. God bless. Come on, let's give Chicago one more round of applause. And what a great start uh, to what I believe God has for us. And let me encourage you right now, get out a, a notepad, get out your pen, because you're going to want to jot something down from every single one of these people that has something that, that God has really put on their heart. And without any further ado, up next is a little firecracker. She is our youngest presenter over these next two weeks. She is 18 years old. Her name is Katie O'Neill. She is a 2019 graduate of the Fort LaBeouf school system. Come on, somebody. And she has served here at Elevate Church really since the beginning. She's been a part of this church since 2012. You can find her any weekend with our three- and four-year-old kids, loving on them, teaching them about Jesus. At only 18 years old, Katie is mature beyond her years. She really is a light wherever she goes. And where she is going this fall is to Damon College in Buffalo, um, New York, where she's going to be studying to be a physician assistant. All right, Katie's got something for you today. I believe that. Would you guys help me welcome Katie O'Neill? Hi, everybody. How are you today? If you didn't notice already, I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you all. Well, I, when they told me or asked me to come speak today, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to speak about? And I was like, well, I could stand up here for hours and tell you how amazing Jesus is, but I, all, I know you all have plans today, so I won't do that. I picked one thing, and that would be about decisions. I don't know about some of you, but I am the most indecisive person ever. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be going out to eat. Gosh, I love everything. This was a problem last night because I started talking about food at the 5 o'clock service. Ugh, I hope we're okay now because it's almost lunchtime. But anyways... It's not deciding where to go to eat that causes the most stress and anxiety in our life. It's the big decisions. We all have to make them, and a lot of us dread them. Why is that? Big decisions should be exciting. I would like to submit to you today that we don't like making them because we tend to make them without God. We do this because the world tells us, you get to take your life into your own hands. Well, that sounds good at first, but then when you look closer, that's a lot of pressure. I'd rather not take my life into my own hands. They're kind of small after all. Listen, we were never made nor meant to navigate our lives alone. When I was coming up with what I was going to share with you all today, God revealed a piece of scripture to me that really is the glue that holds what I have to say together. And if you were to write one thing down, this would be it. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. 
We all want God to make our paths straight. However, oftentimes, we forget to include those prerequisites. The first of which being, trust the Lord with all your heart. I've always trusted God with certain aspects of my life. However, when it came to my future, I wanted to take that into my own hands. It just seemed a little too important to give to God. Too important to give to the creator of the universe? Are you kidding me, Katie? Well, I didn't think about it like that at the time. Because what happens is we subconsciously underestimate God when we neglect diving into his word, praying, and worshiping. I only began to really, truly trust God when seeking him became a daily practice. And let me tell you a little bit about seeking him. It's like if you lose your car keys. You're not going to go, oh, can't find them. Guess I'm not going to work today. You're going to turn stuff over. You're not going to stop looking until you find them. What if we sought God that way? So now that we've trusted him, next comes, in all your ways, submit to him. Submission. It's scary. It's relinquishing known for unknown, certainty for uncertainty, hence why trust has to come first. Submission for me looked like changing the way that I prayed. Before, I would pray for God to move in a certain way. I'll give you some examples. Feel free to laugh. I laugh at myself all the time. God, please let me do good on this test. Or, God, please let there be a sale at American Eagle this weekend. Or, God, please let that cute boy notice me. (laughs) I know it's silly, but we all do it. But what if instead of doing that, we prayed like this? God, I know that I want this, but I understand that your perspective on my life is way better than mine ever will be. That being said, let your will be done. And that's honestly what changed my life. Now, I didn't wake up one morning and this information just hit me like a bus. I walked through this. High school is a time of people constantly asking you, with best intentions, what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I don't know what I'm wearing tomorrow, and you want me to tell you what I'm going to be doing 35 years from now? Ah! It's a source of stress for me, as it was for a lot of my peers. And guess what? It's not just students it happens to, it's everyone. The world constantly telling you you need to have your next step figured out. So what we do is we pick something, something that sounds good, that interests us, that would impress other people. We settle for worldly standards because settling is better than fear of the unknown. I'm guilty of it. I thought I had it all figured out. I was going to go to a nice southern school with palm trees, ride my bike between classes, later apply to medical school. Was it a good plan? Heck yeah. Was it God's plan? Uh Uh-uh, not even close. And even though it was a good plan, I still had this unsettling unsureness deep down. And then I finally got the good sense to pray about it and to pray the right way about it. I said, God, I know I have plans for my life, but I don't want them anymore. I want what you have for my life. And your timing revealed to me what that is. Now you have to understand, the next day someone wasn't holding up a sign that said, Katie O'Neill, you're going to be a fill in the blank. That would have been nice, but that's not how it works. It takes time, lots of patience, and lots of prayer. And so that's what I did. And then a few months later, I was introduced to a medical academy at the University of Pittsburgh. I applied, was accepted, and spent a month of my summer not hanging out and having fun with my friends, but being a total nerd and loving it. There, a physician assistant came to speak to us. Now, I knew a little bit about the career, and I was like, uh, not for me, shoved it to the side. 
But when this woman came and spoke to us, it was like there was no one else in that lecture hall. It was just her speaking right to me. And that's truly how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He sets people in our life to speak wisdom. He p you read your word, and he highlights something that really is important, and it speaks to your heart. And that's what happened for me that day. And so I went into my senior year going, okay, God, physician assistant, here we go. So I took a logical next step. I'm going to take hard classes, study hard, keep doing what I'm doing, apply to college. He said, that's good. Nice job. Take another step. I said, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. He said, apply to graduate school. I went, graduate school? I'm like, are we missing something here, God? I'm pretty sure undergrad has to come first. <laughs> but there are a few select programs throughout the country that are accelerated physician assistant graduate programs that accept high school students. They tell you ahead of time that there are about 65 seats given to a couple thousand applicants. Good luck. I was like, I don't know about this one, God. I was like, I'm pretty comfortable here. And he said, nope, take that next step. I said, okay. I applied and I interviewed with confidence. Not that I'd get in, but that God had me no matter what happened. It was kind of funny, my mom drove me to one of my interviews, one that I was kind of really interested in, and she was like, are you nervous? And I said, no. And it kind of weirded me out that I wasn't nervous. I should have been peeing my pants. That was such an important interview. But that's what happens when you fuel yourself with the Holy Spirit. You have peace in situations where it makes absolutely no sense to have peace. And so I went in and I interviewed and then you have to wait a couple months until you find out if you get in. And during that waiting period, it would have been really easy for me to go back to the old way that I was praying. I could have said, God, please let me get into this program. And I was tempted to, believe me. But I said, mm -mm, I refuse to go back to that. So instead I said, God, I know that I've worked really hard for this and I know that I want this, but if this isn't your plan for me, don't let me get into any of the programs. But if it is, let your will be done. And then I let it go. I didn't check the mailbox every day like a mad woman, like I totally could have. You can ask my family. I didn't. I worshiped the God that had a purpose for my life, even if I didn't know what it was at the time. On Christmas Eve of this past year, I got a gold envelope in the mail from Damon College. It was my acceptance letter to their accelerated physician assistant graduate program, telling me... <laughs> telling me that one of the 65 seats was mine. And do not be mistaken, I am not bragging about me right now. I'm bragging about my God. My God that moves mountains. My God that challenged my heart to do something that I would have never in a million years dreamed of doing. A few months later, I was awarded the Damon College Trustee Scholarship, which only 10 students get. Because guess what? God provides provision for his plans. Sometimes I look back and I wonder where I'd be headed right now if I hadn't trusted God with my future. I know it'd be a windy path for sure. And I know we've all had that unfortunate experience of walking the windy path. But I promise you, it's never too late to allow God's grace to cover you, to trust him with all your heart, to submit to him, to let him make your path straight. Let me tell you, it's well worth it. I challenge you to pray bravely to allow God to move the mountains in your life that he believes should be moved, not the ones that you want him to.
I can't wait to see how God moves in all your lives. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great weekend. Come on, wasn't that amazing? Woo! 18 years old. What did she say? If it's God's plan for your life, he's going to bring the provision for it. That's unbelievable. 18. Like, on one hand, I'm inspired. On the other hand, I failed miserably in high school. Anybody else? Good night. Katie is going places. I promise you that. Hey, physician's assistant, that might be what she does. But there's a lot more that God has in store for that little girl right there. Hey, last but certainly not least, uh, my good friend Ron Paisley is going to kind of wrap us up today. Ron is a, the current full-time employee at Erie School District working as a caseworker in the student parenting program. And he's going to talk about that. He's seen it all. He's heard it all, done it all. He served there for nine years as well as the youth leader at the Family Worship Center in Erie, PA. He's also the founder and executive director of the Crossover Basketball Club here in Erie, as well as being the head coach to the JV Boys Basketball Team at Erie High School. Ron's been married for 29 years. You'll see his wonderful wife, Annalie, up here leading worship from time to time. There you go, shout out Annalie. They have four children, Davana, Davina, Duell, and Dariah. And he's got two grandchildren as well, Ramiah and Rodney the third. Could you guys help me welcome Ron Paisley? Good morning. That's the best you guys can do? Good morning. Good morning. All right. Whew, I feel much better now. So vote of confidence that you guys are giving me. Um, I do want to say thank you to uh, Pastor Kobe for um, allowing me to stand in front of you guys. Um, and also, I want to say thanks to, to Will, um, Pastor Will. We, we call him Pastor Will now. Um, we've been joking about this a little bit because most of you guys know him as Will Law, but we were, were kind of teasing him, saying, well, I say, you called him Pastor yesterday. I said, well, yeah, I think he is. So I kind of shortened his name to, like, P-Dub now, so now... Or you could say P, P will. So, but um, thing is, uh, I'm a little bit more confident. But when um, Will had kind of called me and asked me, I think it was a text, either a text or a call, and said, "Hey, brother, um, what do you think about sharing? We're doing this series called Ignite. And what do you think about sharing about what it is that you do uh, in the community?" Um, and my first thought was, nah, can't do that. No, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and so that was my thought. But I knew that if I went home and told my wife <laughs> that I said no, it was not going to be a good day. Because I know she'd have been like, what? Why would you tell him that? You know you got something to share. So through submission, of, submission to my wife, <laughs> as well as the Holy Spirit, I should say my wife and the voice of the, the Holy Spirit and the voice of my wife. <laughs> so I kind of, I said yes. Um, in the same token, not knowing kind of what I was going to share, because I'm like, do I give them a message? And I believe God just said, just tell them about you, who you are, what what I've done in your life and what you're doing. So um, 
just in these next few minutes, I'm just going to talk a little bit about me, not in an arrogant way, but just kind of get a chance to know who I am, but also what I'm doing, because God has done a tremendous work in my life. Um, if some of you guys, some people out there probably know who I am from when I was a teenager and I was very rebellious and I had a big attitude and I had a big temper, um, but God has done an amazing job in my life. Um, but just know that nothing happens by coincidence, nothing happens by chance, and things in your life that you go through, especially the people of God, it's not by chance and it's not a mistake. God, not only the good things in your life, but also the bad things in your life, God works it together for the good because you've been called according to his purpose. So let me read that scripture. So I guess kind of read it. I'm going to read it. It says Romans 8:28 says this. We all know that all things God works. I'm sorry. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, whom have been called according to his purpose. And that's kind of like my life, kind of like in a nutshell, that there's so many things that have happened in my life, good, but also some things bad. But it's all because of his purpose that he's called for me. And I'm just excited to know that, you know, God is doing a work in me, but he's doing a work in you. And kind of just want to talk a little bit in regards to my life. When I first grew up or when I first started out, I didn't start out as a Christian. I did start out in church. I went literally from, I think, the hospital to church. I think that's kind of how my life was. And we were in church all the time. I grew up in a Pentecostal church where um, that was my first involvement in what we call Christianity. And so for about 17 years of my life, 20 years of my life, that's kind of what I experienced. It wasn't the greatest for me. You know, it was more about rules, about what you couldn't do, what you shouldn't do. And that's kind of how it was. I thought that's what God was about. Just you can't do this. You can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it was not really to me as a relationship. So that's was kind of my view of God, my view of Christianity. But until I started working and I was working with a gentleman by the name of James McNeil. Some of you guys might know him. We call him Mac. Tall guy, about 6'6". Six, six. We worked together at First National Bank, and I just remember watching him. I would watch this dude every day, and I would watch how people would joke about him, people would harass him, people would clown him, people would be like, oh, here come the Bible thumper, here comes Mac. They would always tease him, but the one thing I watched him do, he never said a negative word. He never got angry. He always said something positive. He always had a good message for people. He was always an encourager to people. And I was like, this dude is a little different. Because the majority of people I see would probably just would have snapped. But I just watched this man's life. I'm like, wow, this is something different about him. So make a long story short, my wife and I, at the time, we were dating. We were going together. Um, we had had this huge blowout. It was a Thursday. Got mad at her, told her, I don't want everything, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done with you. We're done. Left the house. She left the house. I was staying with my grandmother at the time. That was Thursday night. So Friday, I had to go to work. You know who I had to deal with? Mac. Throughout that day, kind of didn't really talk a whole lot. So 5 o'clock came. Normally, I'm out the door. I'm sitting in this chair at First National Bank. Operation center, warehouse, in a chair, and all of a sudden, who walks through the door? 
back. In my mind, I'm like, what is he doing here? He walks up to me, stands in front of me, and says, are you ready? Right there, because he had been talking to me about God and talking to me about relationship with the Lord and all that, I knew what he meant. I said, yes. Right there, sitting in a chair, First National Bank, Operation Center, I gave my heart to God. Now, that's not the best part, though. I mean, that's a great part. I mean, hey, it's, that's wonderful. But the best part is this. I had to go home, right? I had an argument, right? Who do you think I had to face? Anna Lee. So I called her on the phone, just said, hey, I want to let you know. What I said, I didn't mean that. I apologize. I do want to be with you. But by the way, I gave my heart to God. She said, so did I. I was like, what? So, so I'm like, this is how we know that all things, God works all things together for, for the good. So I said, what do you mean? She said, well, when you left, when I left the house, I called Renee. Renee is Mac's wife. <laughs> See, calls Renee, Mac gets on the other phone on the other end of the phone, starts talking to her and ministering to her and said, hey, you know, the only way you're going to make this thing work between you and Ron is you need to accept Christ. So right there on the phone, Thursday night, she gives her heart to God. So isn't God amazing? I had no idea that that had happened. But that shows you that the woman that I'm with for 29 years that I've been married to, but 31 that I've been together, God ordained us to be together. He ordained us to be together. But moving fast, just moving, moving forward of what I'm doing in my job, as far as, because those are three things that are important in my life, my wife, not only my kids, the things that I do that are tremendous is I'm also working in a student parenting program for the Erie School District. It's God, it's, God is so unique in how he does things, is that for many years I was a manager in retail, but then God kind of moved that out my way and put me in a position where I'm actually able to minister to young men and young women through what I went through, and that was being a teenage parent, and that's what I do right now. Now, am I allowed to tell these kids about Christ, kind of church and separ separation church and state? No, but if they ask me, they ask me when they, and I make it evident, I put my wife's picture on the desk, my kids are there, my grandkids are there, and they begin to ask questions, you know, about your family. You've been married how many years? 29. How does that work? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I'm able to share Christ, but also, and I actually get paid for that. That's, that's the cool thing about it. Something that you love to do in this ministry, but also I do something. Everyone, some pastor mentioned about crossover, and this is kind of the unique thing that I love is, you know, for many years I was involved in youth ministry, but then the Lord opened the door for me to be able to coach, which I think is, to me, the second best thing that I do. And that's being able to teach young men, young women about the game of basketball. But that's not the only thing. But I use that to be able to share the gospel. That's the, that's the, that's the hook. <laughs> Let me just share something with you. This is in John chapter 5, verse 24. This is kind of the, the verse of, of crossover or what we stand on. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my, vo hears my word and believes in him who sent me, he has entered he has entered life 
He has eternal life, I'm sorry, and will not be judged, but has crossed. That's the word right there, crossed or passed over, crossed over from death to life. So our goal within our mission within Crossover is to use basketball as a vehicle to introduce young people to Christ and also for them to also grow into a loving relationship with him. So my thing is this, and I encourage you this, and I encourage you and I challenge you this, that have boldness. I think we talked about this, and I'm trying to speed up because I'll give you a little bit of a joke. My wife said, you know, when, when you see that red, you need to wrap it up. So right now I'm seeing red. You guys don't see it. I see red. But I actually don't see red, I see my wife's face. So, <laughs> but, but she, Chicago talked about, about, her, about her faith, overcoming her fear. Katie talked about trusting in the Lord. My challenge to you is to be bold for Christ. That would be my challenge to you today, is to be bold for Christ. The thing I say is that it took me to be bold to stand before you today. Because I really didn't, I didn't want to come up here. Actually, being involved in this church, I'm kind of just wanting to be in the chill mode. I just want to be in the backdrop, not doing nothing. But I got to continue to be open to what God wants for my life. And I encourage you that you need to be open to what God wants to do in your life. What I want to encourage you to do is if you could all stand right now with me. The courage that it takes to stand here in front of you is the same courage that it takes for you to acknowledge that you need Christ. Every service that I've shared at, i presented an opportunity. Saturday present the same opportunities. Last three services I presented an opportunity. Some of you, and it would be for me to be a fool to think that everybody in this room has a relationship with Christ. Some of you probably, majority of you probably do. But there's somebody that walked into this room today that does not know Christ. The same desire we have through crossover is for young people to come to know Christ. It's the same desire I have for you today is for you to come to know Christ. And for you to take that bold step to say, you know what? I need somebody in my life. I need something in my life. I need something different. And if that's you today, you've never accepted Christ. I said this before in every group, every service. I'm not asking you to bow your head. I'm not asking you to close your eyes. I'm asking you to be bold. The world is bold about what they do. And anybody that's in this room that has already said yes to Christ, You don't have to be intimidated by it because we've already said yes to Christ. So if you're feeling kind of like weird about it, don't be weird about it. We're excited about it. We're excited about you saying, yes, I want to know Christ. If that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Raise your hand. I need Christ. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Amen. Amen. That's, that's being bold. That's a bold step. So we're in the same boat. So what I want you to do, and this is everybody, I want every brother, every sister to join with these young men, these young ladies that raise their hand and say, yes, I, I need Christ. 
If any man comes to Christ, he will not deny you. So today he's accepting you. So what I want us all to do is I want us to pray with these young men and these young ladies. And just repeat after me. Father God, I realize I need something in my life. And that something is you. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he came here, this earth, died for me, rose for me to give me eternal life. So I accept that into my life. Father, I ask you, I'm just going to pray for you. Father, I ask that these men and these women had just accepted Christ, Father, that you arise up within them, Father, the boldness to proclaim it to whoever they speak to, Father, that they would be able to say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Yes, I'm a believer. So thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their lives, what you're about to do in their lives. I thank you, Father, and I give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.